Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, I'd like to stay in VS, but I ought to be checking in with my aunt. Here to provide analysis for that line, and so much more, is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Oh, I attended a middle school band concert, which was quite spectacular, actually, as middle school band concerts go. Um, So I'm feeling good, and... I hope Aunt May is being checked in on. We need to keep tabs on her, make sure she's feeling well. I was just concerned with the word BS appearing in my comic. (laughs) That didn't bother you at all? Too vulgar. The comics code is long gone, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know how things are in today's comics, because I only own comics around this 1980s. I do know someone who owns uh, a lot of comics. In fact, he's the biggest Spider-Man comic collector that... Uh, we know. That's right, James B. It's Matt, Mr. Comics Roberts. We are goblin giddy to have you rejoin us. How you doing, Matt? Darn. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess we'll uh, you know, save our vulgar language for later on. <laughs> Matt? Why don't you introduce our first book tonight? From March of 1983, Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man, number 238, Shadows of Evil's Past. Written by Roger Stern, art by John Romita Jr. and Sr. Peter is out on a walk with Aunt May and her fiancé Nathan Dubinsky when a car screeches out of an alley, nearly hitting the trio. Although the police are in pursuit, Spidey swings into action. But just as he thinks he's cornered the wily wheelman, His name is Georgie. He escapes into the sewers. There, Georgie comes upon a kinda secret door. And inside is the secret headquarters of the deceased Green Goblin. I was really excited to see the Goblin Mask. I like scenes that bring back memories of the 1960s comics, especially with John Romita Sr. drawing them again. But listeners, they had a flashback with Wheat Cakes again. I mean, did this guy do anything besides eat pancakes when he was a teenager? Oh my gosh. I also hope that Aunt May isn't feeding the seniors all those carbs these days. Well, James B., uh, ignoring carbs, (laughs) and we will see what Aunt May is doing because she's in her halfway house, and she gets a phone call from Anna Watson, who's uh, living the good life in Florida with her niece, Mary Jane. I think she's just visiting, though. Peter heads over to the Bugle and sells Joe Robbie highly profitable pictures from the car chase. As Joe gives Peter a ride home, they catch a lead on a police scanner. Peter's worst fears are confirmed when the fireman at the scene says a secret room within an Oscorp building was burned, and it resembles one of the layers Peter found himself imprisoned in by the goblin. So Norman Osborn's death was initially determined to be at the hands of Spider-Man. Eventually, Luke Cage, like he took that money that he was being paid by J. Jonah Jameson, like stuffed it in his mouth and quit the job because Spider-Man, you know, was not guilty. But did they ever tie his death to the Green Goblin? Did they make it so Norman Osborn was murdered by the Green Goblin? I don't think so. I'm surprised there isn't more like honoring Norman Osborn as a pioneer of industry at worst, they could have like the Norman Osborn Memorial. Uh, speaking of memorials, men and women who served and sacrificed their lives in the U.S. Armed Forces are honored on Memorial Day, which is today, May 29th. 
how uh, great to tie that in there, James B. Matt, you uh, you got any plans for uh, Memorial Day? Hamburgers and uh, waiting for people to stop shooting fireworks. So my dogs can calm down. Mm. What do you, what are you putting on your uh, on your burger, Matt? I'm a simple man. Mustard and pickles all the way. That's I'm very simple. Oh, all right. Well, we'll. I know you have some more conversation about Spider-Man coming up, but I'll talk to you about hamburgers offline. Eddie, why don't you finish up this book? The wily escaped wheelman, Georgie, from earlier, has sold his trove of goblin giddings to a shadowy, I would describe him as a Dick Tracy-looking figure, big overcoat. Uh, but unfortunately for Georgie, the shadowy figure ties up loose ends by blowing up Georgie's van as he drives away. Uh, the shadowy figure returns to his hideout where we see all the green goblin's gear working perfectly for him. But instead of a green goblet outfit, he puts on a new orange and blue outfit and has angry red-eyed mask uh, only to have emerge. The Hobgoblin. Mr. Comics, what do you think about the Hobgoblin's origin story here? The Hobgoblin was essentially created because Peter did not follow through with his responsibility. If he had just tracked Georgie down, he would never have discovered that lair. Mm. Seems like every single time Peter doesn't fall through on his responsibilities, something bad happens. This is the second time, Eddie, I can think of Spider-Man being responsible for a villain. Can you think of another one? Ooh. I, I find him responsible. He was fooling around with a bunch of barrels on a ship. Oh, my goodness. That was when Namor was there. And, oh, uh, uh, Hydro Man. Hydro Man. That's what it was. Yeah, Hydro Man gets, the guy gets knocked off the ship and Spider-Man's fooling around. So, yeah, there you go. So, uh, that's a, I think this guy's be a little more of a problem than Hydro Man, though. Much more exciting than Hydro Man. Uh, we don't know, of course, who the Hobgoblin is. It's very mysterious through uh, yeah. this whole book, and there's no past to him, too. Well, well, Eddie, you don't know who the Hobgoblin is, and neither did anyone reading this book. This is probably the only time the situation is going to occur. Um, do you know how you often talk about that you only own the summer books when you were a kid? Yes, from the 60s, my mom and uncles collected Spider-Man books, which is mostly why I got into this project in the first place, but... No one went to my cabin, where that was the only place they collected books, in the winter months. So when I watched Green Goblin, you know, carrying away Peter Parker in September, I, I didn't know what happened until, what, 2021. Well, you've told that story a couple times because it's super interesting. I never really talk in details about this, but this will be a rare James B. tells a story about himself in his books because after all we are all celebrating my birthday as well so it's special james b birthday segment folks happy birthday james b happy birthday thank you okay well the hobgoblin's identity i'm reading these comics it was kept secret for a whole year and then roger stern leaves when i'm 14 still no you know information here so 15 i turned 16 I get a car, I get a job. About a year later, I'm I'm really not reading the books anymore. I, I you know hobgoblin hobgoblin, and then they reveal it. Now remember, I'm not reading these books, so I never had this resolved. Skip ahead 25 years, I finally buy the book when I buy a collection of books to kind of fill my collection. All right, then I didn't even read the book. Ten years later, 
I actually sit down to read the book. So the only reason I read this one book was because on the cover it said, like, find out who the Hobgoblin is. So, Eddie, I checked out the math here. I had to wait 38 years for the reveal. The good news for you is you could only wait eight or nine months because we will cover this in about 180 books. You could Google this also when you get off the podcast. But, you know, hopefully you don't choose to do that. Thank goodness we are so ambitious with our schedule and making sure we read through as many books as we can. (laughs) You're not going to sneak ahead and just find out who it is, right? No, sir. That'd be no fun. But I would like to know what happens in the next book. Matt, why don't you tell us what it is? Well, since I can't tell you who the Cobgoblin is, from April of 1983, Stan Lee presents The Amazing Spider-Man 239, Now Strikes the Hobgoblin, by Roger Stern, Romita Jr., and Frank... Galicoa? I think it's Iacoya. Before you read the summary, Matt, we brought you on because you requested to be on this show. Now, I think it's mostly because it's my birthday. Happy birthday! But <laughs> what makes you really enjoy the uh, Hobgoblin? Well, the truth is it really was because it was your birthday. But <laughs> I also, Hobgoblin is one of my favorite villains. I mean, he's, he's, it's hard to tell sometimes whether I prefer Green Goblin more or Hobgoblin. The two are so cool you know these two characters that both challenge spider-man and push him to great lengths at times i mean the stories by uh hobgoblin here in the 80s were some of the best written stories in spider-man's entire history yeah absolutely we're just starting them so eddie doesn't even know how good this is going to get but uh eddie go ahead we we shouldn't hold you back from the book that you're talking about now you'll never get to the future books We open with the smoldering remains of another Oscorp building broken into and another secret room discovered. Harry Osborne has been called in to shed light on what his father may have hidden in so many buildings. Harry tells his Oscorp handler, Mencken, he doesn't know what his father was up to. Can we have an update, everyone, on what we think Harry knows and doesn't know? Uh, We haven't heard or seen anything as far as i know about his mental state and uh, he's living in new jersey right no eddie we, we cannot have an update on what harry knows and doesn't know because the writers are ignoring the fact that everyone knows harry's the green goblin it's like that never happened it was just redconned away he married liz with no fanfare they show up occasionally just to make sure you know they're in the book unless the molt man's there then we need liz to be there um if we reference the Green Goblin ever, you need Harry to appear. And I'm sure that's why he's here, because somebody referenced the Green Goblin because it's a Hobgoblin book. So no, no updates. <laughs> well, I think it is clever to have him back in the story because, you know, there's always this idea that he is going to return at some point. So um, instead of it being Harry, though, this is, of course, the work of the shadowy Hobgoblin from the last book, Stealing Weapons and Devices from the Green Goblin's hidden supply depots. Uh, Spider-Man is far too concerned for his lover, Felicia Harding, a.k.a. the Black Cat, who was recently shot multiple times in Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man 76, and now lays in a hospital in critical condition. Gene DeWolf arrives and boots Spidey out of the hospital, but before he departs, he visits Madam Web, who's also hospitalized, but recovering nicely. Across town, Lance Bannon is, quote, artfully photographing his lady friend, Amy Powell, while Peter swings home to, quote, artfully shower. Hey, Eddie, what do you think of the extended photography and shower scenes here? 
Uh, there is so much almost nudity going on in this book. It's... <laughs> I, I actually found it distracting to a certain extent. Anybody else? Uh, well, I was just going to say, speaking of nudity, I want to let everyone know that, uh, you know, a number of years ago, uh, I was born on this day. Happy birthday! And, uh... In your birthday suit, huh, James? In my birthday suit. Absolutely. <laughs> so there you go. The king and I is president. I, I don't know how we segue off that, but, uh, uh, Mr. Comics, Peter Parker is the epitome of a New Yorker. Uh, but he does one of the most Midwestern things possible on page 13. Anybody want to fancy what jostled my Midwestern spirits? Um, he was hitchhiking. <laughs> Midwestern hitchhikers. James, you got any guesses? I don't have the book open, but you always it always says something to do with milk, right? Is it another milk thing? <laughs> yes, James B. You, we've hung out long enough. Peter is like, he wakes up and he's like getting his outfit out. And he says, must have been more worn out than I thought. Head still feels like bees are living in it. And my stomach thinks my throat's been cut. I'll have to get by with a sandwich and a blast of milk. Is it called the blast of milk in Michigan too? I, I've never heard of blast of milk, but that's what I could describe it as sometimes too. All right. Well, that was, that was interesting. Um, I, another interesting fact would be that, uh, did you guys know Memorial Day was always May 30th for a hundred years? I... But in 1971, it officially became the last Monday in May. I much prefer that. Well, back to the book, James B. After a 10-hour rest, Peter is awakened by Amy Paul, who has called him on the phone and invited Peter to join her at dinner. But Miss Paul is aggressively hung up on because a Spider-Man must immediately go in search of more of the goblin's lairs. He catches the hobgoblin and they duel with the hobgoblin attacking with new, more powerful explosive weapons. But Spidey handles the variation of his old nemesis well, and the Hobgoblin is only able to escape on his glider when Spider-Man must stop a collaterally damaged natural gas line fire. We end with Spidey walking into the night, concerned about the recent escaped Doc Ock and badly injured Black Cat, and whether things can get worse. Now, I would like to, of course, go back and spend time talking about Amy Powell because that's my favorite part of these books. But <laughs> we do have uh, Mr. Comics here, and he is the Hobgoblin guy. So I guess I should ask this question instead. What do you think of the first meeting fight between Hobgoblin and Spider-Man? Well, this first fight is interesting because Peter is still, like, tired and worn down after his watching, you know, Black Cat. This hobgoblin, in a sense, when um, is able to draw out and escape because he's better weapons and he's almost smarter than Norman at the time because he's sane and not crazy. Mm. I mean, you having, fighting true. a crazy person is tricky enough because it's uh, you don't know what's going to happen, but fighting a sane person can almost be even more dangerous because they are completely within their thoughts and if they have things figured out, you could be screwed. Yeah, that's an interesting... F Interesting point there. I wonder if I had to fight a sane person or a crazy person, who do I want to fight? Because on one hand, what you said is very valid. Like a sane person's not going to be so reckless, but sometimes a sane person might be more afraid in a fight than, you know, the Green Goblin was never, never backing down. 
Agreed. One of his weaknesses is his overconfidence, like so many of the villains. The Green Goblin makes some huge error in uh, underestimating Spider-Man from getting away from whatever he was doing to him, and that's how he would typically lose. Whereas you're correct, uh, Matt, that the Hobgoblin here, uh, he, he's very plotting. He's these these characters are getting more clever, I think, overall. You know, not as much as like the Black Cat or Kingpin, but he clearly like can think on his feet, and he has a bit of a plan when he's fighting Spidey here. Matt, looks like anybody could just jump on the glider, pick up some pumpkin bombs, and become a goblin of sorts. I mean, this is arguably the third person to just do this. They all seem to be, you know, Harry Osborn doesn't seem to be any kind of super powerful guy. He's just a guy. Um, you know, anybody can be the Hobgoblin, right? Yeah, I mean, I forget what exactly Harry had in the beginning, but the Hobgoblin had Norman's journals. He had his equipment uh, yeah, and all right. that. So it's like, here's my tools. I mean, he is a, I mean, like I said, I know who he is. I know, I know all that. So he is not a, he's not a dumb person. He's a smart person. But there's only so much you can do in a sense. Norman Osborn had a industry and had that stuff already created. Mm. Hobgoblin had the... It's like street smart versus business smarts. Norman Osborn was a business smart person. He created that stuff. And Hobgoblin was street smart. He's a great brawler, but if you had to actually start from square one, he'd still be behind Norman, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, Having no special superpowers, Norman or Harry, it's clear that like the equipment gives them enhanced abilities. Uh, speaking of people who uh, are regular people, are you looking for artsy photos? We could check out Lance Bannon Photography, LLC. Eddie, Lance will meet with you one-on-one -on -one and teach you poses such as art your back and art your back more. That's right. He's a professional, so listen to him explain all you need to do. And when you're done, please leave. He has too much work going on, such as shooting Twilight Skyscapes. No, he's not going to hang out with you at Maxwell's Plum. Just go home. That's Lance Bannon Photography. Gallery exhibit quality at cheap skin mag prices. See his ad in the Tyron Daily Bulletin. Eddie, are you interested in Lance Bannon photographing... Uh, so photographing you or your family? James B., I, I already told you the, the nudity in this book I find distracting to what's going on. Uh, you know, I, I'm not like uh, George Costanza-esque, uh, you know, if you've ever seen the famous picture of him posing as a model. Uh, but no, I will, I will not be doing that, I'm afraid. Not for me. Um... <laughs> Matt, I know you got a lot going on these days and you've been pretty busy, but I think you could squeeze in a, a session with Let's Bit in Photography. Well, if someone took photos of me, that'd be the beginning of someone else's villain story. But if Mary Jane or Felicia are there, <laughs> I might just, you know, be willing to go. <laughs> see? I see. I like how you focus oh, on the positive here. Partner. Oh. That's a very good point. In this issue, second appearance, I believe, of this Amy Powell. So, just for the listener's sake, she shows up, she is, she hangs out with Lance, and, and she's kind of choosing her, her photographer boyfriend, and she's with Lance. Lance is not interested in her in that way, though. You guys agree? He sort of just doesn't really care about her, like, that way, right? Oh, no, I think, I think he does. Does he not say, he looks out the window as she departs, and kind of says, oh, oh, yes, here it is. Um, he says, 
I mean, I, I, why couldn't I do it? Why couldn't I get my tongue in gear and tell her how much she really means to me? That I am afraid of commitment in our relationship or just afraid that she'd say no? So, so I, I, I okay, think so it's a pretty... He, he's just doing a bad job of showing his emotions. Yeah, by, like, kicking her out, basically. <laughs> yeah. When, when she's basically naked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's no hobgoblin. Spoiler, uh, yeah. spoiler guess who's well, not the hobgoblin? Not Lance Bannon. <laughs> oh, man, I, I gave up way more fish than I planned on giving up today, so. All right. No more. Am I actually going to confirm or deny that it's Lance Bannon? We're just going to leave okay. that. All right. Could be an, still an option. Still an option. So, uh Gentlemen, anything else that we want to talk about these two books, or do you think we covered them justly? I feel we did pretty good, and I look forward to more Hobgoblin stories from this podcast. I think we got about 10 more. I think he's he's going to be the predominant character until about 250 or so, I think, if I remember. I'm I'm sure Matt owns issue 250. 250, 251, and two. I got them all. We might be here for a while. (laughs) What? Matt, what issue is Spider-Man on right now? Uh, right now, he, he just came out uh, uh, 919. 919. Well, we've got a plan. We're, we're going to come sliding in at 1,000 right on time. <laughs> it will be Gosh. done. Don't bet against us. <laughs> well, come this far already, James Speed. Yes. At, at that point, we can. maybe we'll be ahead of you. We'll be like, oh, sorry to spoil everything for you. <laughs> <laughs> we read issue 1000 so we actually no, actually I have no idea who all the characters are anymore I can't even make this, <laughs> even make this joke uh, Mr. Comics tell us one more thing about your collecting and tell us how people can follow you well I pretty much collect anything Spider-Man cool covers Funko Pops you name it I pretty much if I have the money I'll spend it on it but you can find me on Twitter Instagram Facebook and YouTube under Mr. Com- Mr. Underscore Comics 89 Almost to a thousand subscribers. There's about 150 more to go, so I'm getting there. Oh, I remember when you were going for 750. You were doing a giveaway at the time. Remember that? Yep. It was a lot of fun. Cool. A lot cool. Of fun. Eddie, we're not giving away anything. But how can people reach us? <laughs> just we are giving away just our insight about Spider-Man, right? Intellectual uh, gifts for everyone. Like I said, we're not giving away anything. <laughs> you can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail or you could find us on Twitter at letsreadspidey. I'm James B., joined by Eddie and Mr. Comics. And remember, listeners, if you already know who the Hobgoblin is, you must not be Eddie. Goodbye. 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 Oh, uh, no ketchup on the burger at all? No, the only thing ketchup is good for is fries. What? <laughs> Shocking. Would you catch you? I mean, I understand the ketchup on a hot dog debate. I'm like, I could tolerate that, but mustard pickle only. That is shocking. I would have not come up with that combination. It would be very difficult for me to think. It. Matt- yeah, I like, I'm not even light. I'm heavy on the mustard. Wow, I if I'm doing a if I'm doing a hot dog, I can do it like four different ways. But like, I would prefer mustard only. But then I'll go mustard relish to mix it up. And I'll even go ketchup mustard relish sometimes just to make it different. But yeah, I'll go and mustard's the thing, Eddie. That I will spend the extra money to stick with French's. 
where a lot of other products I'll just be like, whatever, give me the mac and cheese from Walmart. I don't really care if it's craft. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I'm kind of a snob when it comes to French's mustard. I don't know if you ever, you know, you're up in the in the Midwest. Oh. I'm not sure if you're a Heinz person or not over there. I love a good Trader Joe's spicy mustard. I, mm. I like everything on my hamburger too. Spicy. Yeah. That's not what Matt's eating on his burger. Matt's eating yellow, right? Yeah, it's regular old yellow. There you go. If you if you can do the Walmart, it's so much cheaper than the French's. I'm staring at it every single time, thinking, "What am I doing?" But it's just, <laughs> it's the only thing I, I I psychologically I feel the difference, man. I feel it. Yeah, cheaper the better. I guess that explains so much about my life. <laughs> <laughs> Except when it comes to collecting comics. Right.